opened the door to the most powerful room in housing, built for mortgage executives, real estate leaders, and the rising stars that drive innovation and progress. The gathering will feature over 45 powerful speakers on stage in Scottsdale, Arizona from April 21st to 24th. Learn more and register now at housingwirethegathering.com. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Alcina Lloyd and this is the Daily Download. Today, HousingWire's HW Plus Managing Editor, Brenna Nath, will discuss why some believe the housing sector needs its own version of the payroll protection program for businesses that own and operate multifamily housing. I'll also touch on the nation's mortgage rates falling to an all-time new low, U.S. jobless claims topping $30 million during the COVID-19 pandemic, and the Federal Reserve's decision to slow the pace of mortgage purchases. But before we listen, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Extraordinary challenges demand extraordinary solutions. CoreLogic is uniquely positioned to help you navigate this historic disruption. Whether it's virtual home showings, flexible employment verifications, or automated loan modification engines, CoreLogic delivers the data-driven solutions, targeted insights, and deep domain expertise trusted by the nation's most successful mortgage lenders. Explore how CoreLogic can help you today. Visit corelogic.com forward slash COVID-19. Thanks for listening, and here's Brennan Ath on why some believe the housing sector needs its own version of the payroll protection program for businesses that own and operate multifamily housing. We're starting off today's daily download episode with a Housing Wire Pulse piece from guest authors Carol Galante, who is former Federal Housing Commissioner at HUD and is now a faculty director at the Turner Center for Housing Innovation, and Barry Zegas, who is a senior fellow at the Consumer Federation of America and was formerly senior vice president at Fannie Mae. In their Pulse piece, they explain why renters need help now and how the government can help deliver that help. For some context, the blog explains that one-third of American households who rent their homes are facing unprecedented pressure from the economic fallout of the coronavirus pandemic. The Turner Center at the University of California, Berkeley, estimates that nearly 50 million people live in a renter household and are likely experiencing immediate job or income losses and collectively face $19.5 billion each month in rent payments due. On top of this, rent delinquencies are predicted to rise in May, and a large portion of these rental property owners are small businesses. Stats show that more than 50% of rental units are in buildings with one to four units, and 88% are mom-and-pop owners with no more than 10 units. To help address this growing problem, Galante and Zegas proposed a program like the Small Business Administration's Payroll Protection Program, but directed specifically at the businesses that own and operate rental housing. It would be structured to provide funds on an ongoing monthly basis to substitute for lost rental income for as long as it is needed. Renters are far more likely to be lower-income minorities, new immigrants, and other vulnerable groups that are dealing with multiple dislocations caused by the pandemic. The money owners collect through rent payments help support local economies and governments and pay for the mortgages held largely by the pension funds and retirement accounts of working Americans. The CARES Act authorized mortgage forbearance for homeowners and a limited number of owners of rental properties and added limited emergency funding to aid renters and property owners. Under their proposed program, owners would receive support in the form of a long-term, no-interest-rate loan for only the difference between the amounts collected by the tenants and the normal baseline collections. Owners would qualify for the support in exchange for a pledge not to evict tenants whose non-payment is due to the COVID-19-related economic circumstances. The credit line should be repayable over a suitable term such as 10 years after the end of the national emergency. 
The program should have limits to focus the aid on properties serving low, moderate, and middle-income tenants, and the two emphasize that the proposal must complement rather than be a substitute for any system providing direct aid to renters themselves. And owners would only receive enough to match their normal rent collections while tenants cannot pay. The blog called on Congress and the administration to act quickly to adopt comprehensive relief to renters and to the small businesses that provide them a home. For the rest of today's podcast, here's Elsina Lloyd. Thank you for listening, and I'll wrap with today's top stories, beginning with U.S. mortgage rates falling to a new all-time low. According to Freddie Mac's weekly primary mortgage market survey, the average U.S. rate for a 30-year fixed mortgage fell to 3.23% this week, marking the lowest ever recorded in the series that goes back to 1971. The rate fell 10 bias points from the prior week after the Federal Reserve spent almost half a trillion dollars buying mortgage-backed securities to grease the wheels of the bond market and to reassure investors. The new low beats the prior record seen in the first week of March by six bias points when the 30-year fixed mortgage fell to 3.29%. This morning, the Labor Department reported U.S. jobless claims have now topped 30 million during the COVID-19 pandemic. According to an article written by Kathleen Halley, the tally of Americans seeking jobless benefits because of COVID-19 closures now stands at 30.3 million with the addition of 3.8 million last week. In a statement regarding the report, Naroth Economics President Joel Naroth said based on the new data, the unemployment rate for April will probably come in at around 15 to 20 percent, which would exceed the jobless peak of the financial crisis. During the financial crisis, the unemployment rate peaked at 10% in October 2009. According to Naroff, the May unemployment rate could go above 20%, but how long we stay there will depend on the virus and how quickly the economy can safely reopen. Our last story was also written by Kathleen Halley and covers the Federal Reserve's decision to slow the pace of mortgage purchases. According to the article, on a conference call with reporters on Wednesday, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell announced the Fed was going to slow the pace of purchases in its program to buy treasuries and mortgage-backed securities after concluding that its bond market rescue worked. For a little background, between March 16th and April 13th, the Fed purchased $458.1 billion of MBS, according to data from the central bank. Powell announced the program on March 15th, initially planning to buy just $200 billion of MBS. However, an uptick occurred after COVID-19 deaths surged and states began shutting down their economies and bond investors began stepping back, causing mortgage rates to spike during the week ending March 19th, according to data from Freddie Mac. That following Monday, Powell announced the Fed would lend support to the mortgage bond market with unlimited buying. But as of April 29th, the Fed will now buy bonds as needed to keep credit markets liquid. According to the Fed, the coronavirus pandemic poses considerable risks to the economic outlook over the medium term, and the central bank will use its tools and act as appropriate to support the economy. Thanks for listening to today's top stories, and the Housing Wire team will be back again tomorrow to cover the top stories that you need to know in the daily download. 